0: The first few portions of this episode of Yawns were recorded on May the twentieth, two thousand and twenty three. I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. Oh, can't get enough. I cannot get enough. And welcome to You Horns. I'm so pleased about what's happened here for the Golden Girls promoted. Oh, my goodness me. What an exciting day and a joyous day if you're a Watt for supporter. Because the Golden Girls have got the job done in golden style. A 1-0 win today in the playoff final at MK Don Stadium. For your Golden Girls, they defeated Nottingham Forest. One goal to nil, the 17th minute goal headed in by none other than Poppy Wilson across from Gemma Davison. Really good cross and really good header that put the ball in the back of the net. That was your goal scorer there, Poppy Wilson getting the job done with the finish, and that was it. 1-0, the Golden Girls get the job done. Sweet revenge against Nottingham Forest, who just three weeks ago beat the Golden Girls in that FAWNL Cup Final at Burton Albion. That was a heartbreaker in extra time. But that is all forgotten today, as the Golden Girls get the more important prize, and that is promotion, to the FAWNL Championship. That is the prize. 12 months after a very disappointing and heartbreaking result, losing really on the last kick of the game against Coventry. Really, that was a very painful situation. That I believe that might have been at Vicarage Road, if I remember correctly, a year ago. And that was very, very painful and heartbreaking. The last game of the season, pretty much the last kick of the game, Coventry getting a goal that would sink Watford. Literally, it was between those two teams as to who would get relegated and the winner would stay up. And Watford, unfortunately, were on the receiving end of that win. And so they lost the game late on. But my goodness me, full circle now, the Golden Girls, as they get back to where they belong. Uh, You know, that's just, I am just so excited. I can hardly get the words out because... This Watford team does you proud. If you're a Watford supporter, you are proud today of this Watford team, this group of battlers, this group of warriors, this team of very good players and people who obviously enjoy life together as they train together and play together. And, you know, they spend so much time together. And they are a real family, this group. And you can tell it shows in the chemistry. And on and on and on, I can talk about these players now. The head coach, Damon Lafrope, or I should say Damon Lafrope, I guess is how you pronounce his name. You know, I'm sure he probably doesn't mind how I pronounce his name. I mean, I can just, as long as I call him a uh, championship promoted coach, I think he probably prefers that right now because that's exactly what he is. Championship promoter head coach, he has got the job done in his first season in charge. He and his team, his athletics team, his team of coaches, the assistants, all of the people involved in the backroom staff need to be given a big round of applause. Congratulations to each and every one of them. All of their efforts and contributions all season long have resulted in this promotion today, as well, of course, obviously all the hard work that this team of players has done for what? The balance of what, 11 months, almost a whole year? It has been one heck of a season for these Golden Girls who lost just four times, if you include, well, just three times in the league and once in the Cup, at least the Cup. Now, they didn't get to both Cup Finals, but they, so they probably, so probably it's a total of five losses if you include the FA WNL Cup Final and then the the other Cup that they got knocked out of. Um, The bottom line, though, is that this team have been excellent all season. They've overcome so many tough things, injuries, uh, players having to leave, uh, long-term injuries. Um, It's just been an incredible season. And the Golden Girls are well-deserving of this championship place that they're going to get now for next season. They had a very successful season. They won the Southern Premier Division on the very last kick of the season the last day of the season with the 3-0 win at Billericay Town the turning point in the entire season for Watford was the 2-1 victory against Oxford United last month that was a massive massive moment in the Watford season because it meant that they would go top of the tree in the Southern Premier Division after being down 1-0 in that game against Oxford, things looked really bleak at Vicarage Road, but they were able to turn it around with Watford with two goals in the space of seven minutes in the second half. Bianca Baptiste with the equalizer and Araya Dennis with the winner. And that goal from Dennis was absolutely stupendous, as was the goal, by the way, from Bianca Baptiste. And both of those goals were superb. And Watford really were were at that point in pole position. And they needed some help, though, If you look back at that game, they were top of the table after that. Oxford handed just their, I think, just their second defeat of the season at that point. And then it meant that Oxford had a game in hand. Um, They played Gillingham, which they won that game and, and really thrashed Gillingham. And then they ended up going into the game against... Ipswich now. Ipswich were right there as well, and Ipswich really needed two things to happen for them to win the title. They needed another Watford stumble, and they and then uh, Watford stumble and needed to beat Oxford. Now, only one of those things happened, and thankfully for Watford, it was Ipswich beating Oxford. That was the best possible result that we would have hoped for, and it certainly came true. Watford scored more goals this season than any other team in the Southern Premier, and. Ipswich defeated Oxford 1-0. That was the final game of the season. While, as I said, Watford uh, defeated a Billericay town by a score of three goals to nil away from home. And that result meant combined with the Ipswich win over Oxford meant that Watford would be champions of the Southern Premier. Now, under the rules that existed this season, that would not mean automatic promotion to the championship. There's a playoff format between the Northern and Southern Premier Divisions. So the winner of the Northern Premier Division plays the winner of the Southern Premier Division. And the winner of that game would then be promoted to the playoffs. Now, next season, that will no longer happen. If you win your division, you're up into the playoffs. Excuse me, you're up into the championship. So the bottom line is is that this was the last time this format was going to be employed in the FAWNL. And Watford take advantage of it today with that marvellous performance. It was a good game for Watford. Watford, I think, played disciplined football throughout the game. It was a contest where Watford certainly had some pressure on them. Nottingham Forest had already beaten Watford, as I mentioned, in that cup final a few weeks ago, three weeks ago now. And Forest did have their moments in this game, but they did not fully take advantage of them. Watford could also have scored Uh, in addition to the goal they did get, but it was not to be. But look, the point is only one goal is needed in these games to win it. If you score one more goal than the opposition, you are going to come out on the winning end of things, of course. And so Watford did that after just 17 minutes. It was a cross from Gemma Davison that found uh, Poppy Wilson, and she uh, powerfully headed the ball into the back of the forest net. And that was your only goal of the game. And that is all that matters as the Golden Girls get promoted. The starting lineup was Jackie Goldschmidt in goal. Of uh, course, she's been throughout a lot of this season. And Annie Mywald was there as well, and Mywald. Um, also, look. this whole roster of players is just unreal. Annie Rossiter was terrific. Uh, Bianca Baptiste. Gemma Davison, I just mentioned her Um Ellie Head, uh, Dre Georgiou, and Megan Chandler, the player of the season for Watford. She, of course, captains the side. You had Poppy Wilson, who scored the goal, and you had Ali Powish and, I believe, Sophie Sophie McLean um, as well, filling out that starting eleven, Unchanged side from the team that beat Villa Ricky Town on the last day of the uh, FAWNL Southern Prem season, and then on the bench you had Gibson and Wallace, and Helen Ward. Of course, the ambassador Helen Ward, Flo Fife, the super sub, and Faye Bruff, and that was your substitutes bench. And uh, you had Ward and Fife come on to see some action here in this one. It was a really, I think, a really good contest. Um, Watford had just that bit more, I think, in the game today. Their pedigree was right. Um, there was a nervy moment after Watford uh, were trying to see out the game. And there uh, was a, a challenge by the goalkeeper, Goldschmidt, who clattered into the Forest player. Thankfully, though, there were some Watford defenders behind her. Otherwise, it would have been a straight red card. She came out of her area, did Goldschmidt, and uh, clattered into the Forest player trying to get the ball and it was a moment where your heart was in your mouth because you didn't remember at least I didn't whether or not there were Watford defenders behind Uh, but thankfully there were on the replay you could see that there were clearly Watford players behind the goalkeeper because if that had not happened it would have been a straight red and that would not have been a good way to finish the game the Goldschmidt uh, was excellent in goal today I thought she was brilliant The player of the game was Dre Georgiou. Look, Dre has been fantastic all year in midfield. She absolutely is brilliant. She makes great tackles. Her timing of her tackles is very good. She retains the ball. She's got a really sturdiness. She's got a sturdiness at her core. She is a dedicated footballer. And she does the simple things and the hard things well. She does them both very well indeed. Uh, Really good two-way player as well. Um, she can be active and bring the ball forward. She can get in there and defend. She is the core of that uh, engine room in midfield. And she sets the example and puts in some physicality as well. So she mixes, mixes it all up. And her performance, again, was terrific. She was player of the game. Um, she got that tr- trophy at the end. A little or a little decal, I think it was. I forget. It wasn't exactly a trophy, but again, Um, No matter what, it's a championship medal for each and every one of these players. A playoff final medal, winner's medal. All of these players did so well. Megan Chandler, of course, the captain and, of course, player of the season, as I've said, um, did her job very well. Poppy Wilson, Palish, all of these players, McLean, all of them did the the job so well today. And I'm just so, so happy that they did. Uh, Helen Ward gets on the pitch and celebrates in her final game as a professional footballer, and she finishes it with a winner's medal. That is the way to go out, knowing that you played a part in getting your team promoted in a fantastic season, just three defeats all season in the Southern Premier Division, the two defeats in the two cup competitions combined, and then this game today in the cup final, the Perth Cup final. What a fantastic way to end your season if you are... A Watford supporter. This is a a really good day. And you've got to be proud of what this team has done. They've been great all season long. And it's just absolutely brilliant. This team scored more goals than any other in the Southern Prem. They had a few seven. They had a few seven goal games. They had a few five and six goal games. This is a team you've got to keep together. You'll probably bring in some pieces in the offseason. A few pieces of the puzzle. Um, There'll be some who will leave, I'm sure. I don't know if Addy will be back or not. I suspect that Addy Fatuga Dada um will be moving on. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe she'll stay on. I hope she does, but maybe um, she might move on. Obviously Helen Ward retires, so that is definitely going to be a departure there. And maybe there may be one or two others, but we'll see what Damon Lafrope and the rest of the Watford backroom staff and uh, those involved in the decision decision making areas will do. We'll see what happens. It's a fantastic conundrum, though, because you really don't want to break up a team like this. And obviously, the business part of football comes in now, doesn't it? You know, hopefully and you expect that these players will celebrate into the evening, into the night, into tomorrow morning and beyond. But then once the champagne stops being imbibed and the champagne headaches disappear and the hangovers go away, It's down to the business part of football, isn't it? Not the business end of the season, but the business part of football, which is really 90% business. And you know that some of these players will end up probably at different clubs. Maybe, maybe not. But look, I don't even really want to talk about the business part now. You've got to celebrate this win. This was a fantastic win today from the Golden Girls, by the Golden Girls, and well-deserved as they get revenge on Nottingham Forest. And I knew that they would. And look, this game was played in Watford's backyard. It was practically a home game for Watford. MK Don Stadium is not all that far away from Vicarage Road. So it's a really, it's what, it's probably less than 20 miles away, if if that, um, from Watford. So that's a really good venue Uh, in terms of that, you know, very close for Watford. Of course, the cup final they played last month against Forest, it was much closer to Nottingham Forest. So you know, that was a Nottingham Forest home game in essence. And today was a Watford home game. But And that's fair. And so that's just the way it is. I thought the referee the referee today did well. Nothing untoward from the ref. Managed the refereed the game as well as you could in a situation like this. Anytime a referee does not get headlines is a good day for the referee and for the game. And when you have a referee that's really not heard from, that referee is doing an excellent job. And this referee today... Uh, was certainly was no exception to that. I think I thought she was excellent, did a very good job, and um, that's what it has to be. When you don't notice a referee, that means they're doing an excellent job. So, I think from that standpoint, a tremendous game as well for the ref. All the officials I thought were good today. Nothing untoward. Uh, they just refereed the game and did it properly. The Watford players I thought were disciplined. I thought that they stuck to the task very well. They defended as a block. Um, They helped each other on the pitch. They fought for that second ball. You saw how they progressed up the pitch. They were always attack-minded. They tried to drift the ball into space that made Forrest uncomfortable. And I thought what was so effective, especially in the second half, uh, even though Watford were already in front, was the way that Watford kept pressing for a second goal. And I love how they made space. And the players without the ball ran without the ball very well and made space for something to open up in the in the forest half in their 18 yard box. And I loved how unselfish this team was. And they've been like this all season long, very unselfish. Um, They love each other as a team, as a family of footballers. And they get the job done. You can see the chemistry. You can see the celebrations afterwards. They were all together, popping the champagne and spraying the champagne about going over to the fans. And again, I'm so thankful that the fans turned up at MK Dons. They certainly would. And I know they would. It's not a very far trip for some Watford fans to make. And so it was great to see the fans out there cheering and the Watford players Honouring and clapping them off and respecting that as well. They're real good chemistry and bond between this team and the fans. And that's something that is very good and just great to see. And uh, the fans have got behind the Golden Girls all season long. And, you know, you really want more Watford fans to do that. But the fans that did travel to MK Dons, well done to you. Round of applause to you as well. For being a part of it. And seeing that happen there. uh, At MK Dons today. As the Watford women lift that trophy. uh, That playoff final trophy. And they are now heading to the championship. For next season. That's exciting. A great way to round off this season. For the Golden Girls. And it has been an utter success. An absolute success for them. And of course I wish them all the very best. In the off season as well. And keep celebrating. Keep celebrating throughout the night. Really, this is absolutely glorious stuff. When I come back, there'll be one or two more things to say about the Golden Girls, and you'll hear from at least one of them. Coming up right after this. See you then, Anne. See you then, (laughs) Anne. That's Anne Mywald. Terrific stuff there from Anne Mywald. We will see you in the championship next season, Anne, and congratulations to you and the rest of the Golden Girls as Watford are promoted. Very, very good here on this edition of Yawns As Watford defeat Nottingham Forest by a score of one goal to nil, what more is there to say? And absolutely, I agree with you. What else is there to say after a performance like this? And the result, a place in the championship next season. Fantastic. I told you revenge would be here, and I told you revenge would be sweet. In fact, revenge was golden today for the Golden Girls. And Look, I've talked about how this team got the job done, but I want to add something. It's not just about what they've done on the pitch, which is outstanding, but it's the pedigree of this team, the character of this team, these individuals as people who have made the difference. If you can get a team of professional players together, who can put forth an effort on the pitch, you're already going to be in the right direction. But even more importantly than that, if you find a team of individual players, a team of people who actually believe in themselves and believe in their teammates, you are already on your way. I think one of the keys to success, apart from the hard work that these Watford players did all season long, their graft, their playing for the shirt and the badge, is that they actually liked each other's company. And they played football together. And they were unselfish. And they believed in each other, not just only in themselves. And they believed in and bought into the concept of team. And they believed that the team was more important than themselves as individuals were. And that involves getting the right kind of person in to play football at Watford. And that's something you cannot ever ignore. Finding the right combination of players. And really more than that, the right combination of people. That really is the key to it all. And I'm so pleased that that happened. If you, as a scout, as someone who deals with people, can find that group, a culture, a base, a group that is cultivated with success at the key, team as the key. If you can cultivate that identity, if you can manage to get people to buy into that. You get a group of people together who actually believe in something bigger than just themselves. And you get the result you get on the day. And thankfully, that is what has happened. What Watford have done here is something that you really should not underplay. This should be something that we talk about here for at least another few days. And... Again, it starts with who you're bringing into a football club. All of these players believed not only in themselves, but they believed in each other. They believed in the concept of team. They believed in the concept of fighting for each other, playing with each other, playing for each other on that football pitch. And you've seen it time after time after time after time. You've seen it in the way they celebrate together. You've seen it in the way they play together. We've seen this on the pitch today in this game. And I'm telling you, if you can bring players into a football club who actually believe as people in each other and who believe in being unselfish, who believe in being good teammates, who believe in being good people and are good people. You are already halfway toward your goal of success. All that is left is for the hard work, the grafting, and the blueprint of tactics to engineer that success. You're already halfway there if you get players in who as people are unselfish, who as people care about the concept of team, as people care about each other as fellow human beings, as people care about the concept of teamwork and winning together. And this Watford side epitomized all of those characteristics that I've just listed. And as a result, and as a result of all the hard work they've done for 11 months and change, they are now going up to the championship starting next season. If you're listening to this podcast episode and you haven't watched the Watford women at any point this season, be sure to start watching them next season. I urge you to do it. I urge you to get behind this Watford team. I urge you to follow what they're doing, follow their progress throughout the season. It's been remarkable to see where they started from. And their confidence and how their confidence grew throughout the season with the head coach being there as well. Stability, keeping the head coach, the team, the sacrifices that this team has made. And of course, that's the key. That comes back to what I said a few moments ago. When you have people who care about each other, who care about the team and not about just themselves then you have the recipe and ingredients all ready for success. You've already laid the foundation with the right kinds of people that you've brought in. And as a result, here's what you have, a promotion. And again, I couldn't be happier for the Golden Girls. Proud of them. For their hard work all season long. So I do want to just uh, wrap up a little bow and put a little bow in this one. And again, I'll be celebrating this. Uh, later on tonight, and and, and this is just fantastic stuff, this is fantastic stuff, and this is really where the season ends, it really is, the season ends here, and uh, look, I knew that this episode was going to be the one I'd do next, I wasn't going to do the episode after the Watford men, um, ended up winning the game against Stoke, I'll talk about that briefly in the next, after the next break, but, I knew that this was it. This was where you had to do the next episode. You couldn't do it after the game a couple of weeks ago. But look, this is it now. A fantastic performance, and it results in a Watford victory against Nottingham Forest. Well done, Golden Girls, and once again, congratulations, and you are promoted! Welcome back to You I'm Omar Moore. The Golden Girls Get the Job Done. Promotion for the Watford women as they defeat Nottingham Forest by a score of one goal to nil. Well, this is now a quick and brief focus on the Watford men. Now, a lot has happened in these last two and a half weeks or so for the Watford men. First of all, João Pedro... Is now going to be a Brighton footballer He announced that just a few days ago At least the club did Last week, sometime, whenever it was It's been a long time It seems like forever ago that that happened now As days just travel by on the calendar But General Pedro Will become a Brighton-Hove Albion player And uh, as of now he is that It's basically after really the end of June To be official about it But The club announced Did Watford on their social media channels earlier this month that Jean-Pedro was going to be joining Brighton Hove Albion, as we all had known. And that was basically the end of Jean-Pedro's career at Watford. And yeah, it's bittersweet. Um, I wanted him to stay. But I told you for many a month, as far back as November of last season, that Jean-Pedro would be gone in the following summer. And indeed, he has now gone, even before the summer arrived. So I just want to say thank you, João Pedro, for everything that you've done at the club. You were a leader and a terrific footballer. You set the example of hard work and graft and you did your club proud. And I think you did your family proud and your late dad, who will be looking down and smiling on you. And wishing you all the best for your career. I I wish you all the best for your career at Brighton Hove Albion. I really do. I think that you will continue on from there to do some very good things. But Brighton, I think, will be a really good place for you to go to. And I'm confident that you will succeed in the Premier League. And, you know, you could be playing in Europe. If Brighton um, finish in the top six, I guess it is, uh, they could, well, maybe even top seven. They have a chance To get into Europe. So it's going to be a really good thing. For Jao Pedro to get his career going. I think he needs to move anyway. And I think that for him. uh, As much as I'd love for him to stay. His career needs to uh, kick start now. He's been at Watford for four years. Or whatever it was. I think that uh, he's entitled to move on. And go to a club that's more settled than this club. Because obviously Watford Football Club. Is an unsettled club. At the minute and in a number of different ways In some areas And I think Ja Pedro Could greatly benefit with a move And I think this move will help him It's not too far from London Brighton is not all that far from London It's an ideal thing for him And plus it's not Brighton is not all that far from Watford either So it's going to be actually A really good move for him He's got a good manager in Roberto Deserbi Who plays youngsters and has confidence in them He's joining a very cosmopolitan team Like Watford, Brighton have players from all over the world populating their ranks, and I think this will suit him very well. I think there's a couple of people on the team who are from Brazil, at least one of the team players I think is, and if not, there are a lot of players who I think he will fit in with very well, and obviously I think it will be a tremendous season next season for Brighton. I think Brighton have the capability and possibility of pushing for Champions League next season. They'll get some more upgrades and João Pedro is one of them. So the João Pedro, I think this is the right move for him. And it's a club record fee of in the neighborhood of 35 million pounds. So Watford reaped the benefits there. And I think it's a win-win for everybody. I mean, the money for Watford, obviously, and for um, João Pedro, a chance to really, Play Premier League football and really get involved in that on a consistent basis. And I hope that he does get that chance under Roberto De Zerbi. I expect that he will. So that's one of the things that happened on the men's side. Also on the men's side, a brand new manager, Valerian Ishmael. Now, when I first heard that Valerian Ishmael would take over as the new head coach at Watford for the men's first team, I was underwhelmed. That was my initial reaction. It was kind of a. You know, it was kind of very underwhelming, but I think that Valerian Ishmael, despite having now what will be his fifth job in just over two years, I think he might pull a surprise here. He might pull a rabbit out of a hat. You never know. Um, Obviously, there are a lot of what I shouldn't say obviously, but a lot of Watford fans have not been um, jumping up and down in favor of this move. I think there are some fans who are disappointed, some fans even upset, other fans very skeptical, skeptical and other fans even more just kind of kind of meh kind of response. So there have been maybe one or two who have supported the move in terms of being more outwardly supportive. Uh, I'm certainly somebody who supports him being here I'm not against him being here I just am underwhelmed because I think that if you want to grow and if you want to build an identity you have to start doing it with a manager that you can grow with and the players can grow with and I mean granted Valerian Ishmael is 47 years of age which makes him younger than the outgoing manager Chris Wilder who departed after the victory that I'll talk about in a minute but the bottom line is is that Valerian Ishmael is the new Watford head coach He, of course, did very good things at Barnsley. Now, Barnsley, as you know, are going to be going to Wembley in their playoff final. They will try to get back into the championship for next season. And conceivably, they might do that. And Valerian Ishmael might be taking on Burnley as an ex-Burnley coach. Excuse me, against, pardon me, Barnsley as an ex Barnsley coach. So that could be very interesting. But we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves there as far as that's concerned. But we do know that Valerian Ishmael who has got lots of managerial experience across Europe, is the manager who will be taking Watford forward starting next season. Let's hope that Gino gives him the time to bed something together here because he didn't get that time really at West Brom, and he left there in fifth place, left West Brom in fifth before he departed. Then he went to Beşiktaş, stayed there for about a year and a half, and... Uh, you know, but he didn't actually finish out the year, obviously, at Bekshitis. But he, he stayed there. He was released, actually, from there in, I guess it was January, October, pardon me, October of last year. So he's not had a job now for nine months until this moment. And so he let, he was at Bekshitis for a few months. And, of course, he was sacked from West Brom in February. So it's been a very tumultuous time. I think he was only at Bekshitis for seven months which was part of last season and part of this season. And then he was sacked from that job. Bekshidas, by the way, I think finished in the top three this season after Valerian Ishmael left. I don't know where they were when he left, but the bottom line is is that Valerian Ishmael is your new head coach here at Watford. Again, an underwhelming move for me. Um, he likes to. Uh, Valerian Ishmael does play a big man up front. Um, he's someone who, as a... A player who played in defense in his career as a footballer likes to solidify defense, defense first. And he definitely likes to get rugged up front and be more physical. Um, His teams are very physical usually. They work very hard. And he's a manager who's a no-nonsense manager. Doesn't take any kind of mess from anyone. Um, He is the kind of manager who you do not want to cross. And so that I think will be good. And the interview that he gave earlier this month, I thought was quite promising in some ways. He didn't give a lot away. And of course, new head coaches don't necessarily tell you what their playing style is going to be. In fact, that's something that Valerian Ishmael was questioned and criticized for by West Bromwich Albion fans in his tenure there is that the style of football was not very impressive or inspiring. And, um, you know, a lot of fan pressure, I think, helped push Valerian Ishmael out of that job. How you can be sacked from a club that's in fifth position in February is bewildering to me. But there we are. That's the nature of the business called football. And West Brom were in fifth place when Valerian Ishmael was sacked, which is just bizarre. I mean, you're in a playoff spot and you still get sacked. But hey, you know, I'm not the one making those decisions. But we'll see how Valer- how long Valerian Ishmael lasts at Watford. This could well be a Ben Manga appointment. Because Ben Manga's really charged with taking care of personnel as well as the management side of things. And so presumably, if you believe that, then Gino had nothing to do with this move. And then Ben Manga had his footprints all over this one. And I think I'd be inclined to think that it was a Ben Manga hire. So we'll see about all of that with Valerian Ishmael. I do wish him well. I do wish him well. And I do support him and I'll get behind him. Uh, I just hope the owner gets behind him when the seas get a bit choppy and get a bit rough, as they inevitably will during a season. I just hope that the owner sticks with him and does not throw him under the bus. And I certainly hope that Ben Manga, if he's in charge of all of this, also stays with him. Um, you, You notice that you haven't heard anything from Scott Duxbury yet about hell or high water. And I don't expect you're going to hear anything from Scott Duxbury until this meeting, this fan meeting that takes place in July And we will find out more about that, of sure, as things go on. But the bottom line here is that Valerian Ishmael is a new head coach and he'll get to work immediately with these players. A lot of the players won't be there, of course, and some of them will. And we'll move on from there and find out just who is here and who's not. There's lots of players that I would love to keep and lots of players that I'd like to get rid of. But, you know, I could leave you a long list of players, but I'll have to do that for another time, really. Uh, as far as the Watford men are concerned. Obviously, expect that uh, the lone players will go back to their parent clubs. That includes Hamza Chowdhury, who I really would like him to leave. I thought that he had a good start to his Watford season, and then it just kind of petered out, and it turned into a lot of um, accumulated yellow cards. I mean, that's really what the season turned out to be for Hamza Chowdhury. But the bottom line is, is that You've got Valerian Ishmael now as your new head coach. We'll see what kind of uh, system he beds in and what kind of players he wants to keep and all of that. And maybe it'll be good to do probably a separate edition of this podcast revolving around Valerian Ishmael particularly and the future of the Watford men's team because we know um, it was not a good season this season. And Watford at least finished the season on a high with a 2-0 win over Stoke on the bank holiday, first bank holiday of this month, which was on Monday, May the 8th. Two goals in the second half from Watford. Courtesy of Imran Luzer, who I think played his last game at the Vic, and Keenan Davis, who definitely has played his last game for Watford, uh, in the second half. Within the space of roughly five minutes of each other, after bringing on two substitutes, Chris Wilder, in his last game in charge at Watford, gets out of there on a winning note. As do the men's first team, and so they at least finish the season on a high with three points, a two-nil win over Stoke City, and so Watford finish eleventh in the Championship table. That is in the top half because there were 24 teams in the division. So they finished comfortably, I would say, I guess, inside that top 12 in 11th. And comfortably because their goal difference was much better than Preston North End's. Preston North End had a minus 14 goal difference in 12th place. What for the plus three? So that is a 17 A plus 17 advantage for Watford there. So they finished comfortably in 11th place. And the ledger as it goes after 46 games played. 16 wins, 15 draws and 15 losses. That was your Watford ledger. That's mediocre. That is halfway. That is, I was going to say another word, but I'll leave that alone. And that is average. Bang on average. Disappointment again for Watford, the Watford men. They scored 56 goals. And that's just one less goal than their hated rivals up the M1. And they conceded 53. So that's a plus three overall on the goal difference side. 63 points. That was the final accounting for Watford. They finished 11th. That's three points behind Swansea City on 66 points they had. And West Brom had 66 as well in 9th. So that is really where you are. Watford finished on 63. That's six points outside the playoffs. And uh, again, they finished 45 points behind the champions Burnley. So Watford have got a lot of work to do. Of course, Watford men, a lot of things have to happen in the offseason. I am much more for building an identity at this club, bringing in the youngsters, bringing in the academy players. You bring in the players that you've signed for professional contracts. James Morris, of course. You've signed, obviously, Toby Adeyemo. And I think that those are the kinds of players you need. Bring in those players who are going to make a difference to solidify your team. Give them an identity. And I expect that Watford will do a lot of heavy lifting in the summer. But again, I think it will be at least a couple of seasons, maybe even three, before Watford are ready to get back to the big time in the Premier League an incredible story the top flight the big stars are coming to ramshackle Kenilworth Road and Coventry City's hearts are broken and Watford fans hearts are broken as well after what happened yesterday at Wembley Stadium and something that I had predicted for a number of months now that Rob Edwards, who was sacked at Watford, of course, back in September of 2022, was going to do this at Luton. Once the calendar came to March of this year, I started to say that Rob Edwards was going to get this lot promoted, that he now managers and that lot being the lot up the M1 who are Watford's arch rival and Watford fans and Luton fans, well they may have some friends between them and amongst them and I'm sure they do and relatives and husbands and wives who support either club. The fact of the matter is is that it's a rivalry that goes deep and it is not friendly. It's not friendly. And if it were friendly you wouldn't have all kinds of extra police presence at Kenilworth Road, or at Vicarage Road when these two teams play each other. So let's put that where that is, first of all. Second of all, Rob Edwards has now accomplished two promotions in successive seasons with two different football clubs. He's obviously a good manager. And my reaction to what happened Yesterday at Wembley Stadium, apart from the cruel, painful, disheartening feeling that resided in the pit of my stomach, watching those celebrations, watching the end of that game, watching those Luton fans in Rapture, watching the ownership on the pitch, watching Rob Edwards lift that trophy. The other feeling I had, apart from being sick to my stomach, watching all of that, Yesterday was serves you right, Gino. That honestly was my reaction. I tweeted that yesterday. And there are some Watford fans who all of a sudden, you know, you don't see them anywhere on Twitter. And all of a sudden you post something like serves you right, Gino, and they get all upset. Trolls out of nowhere, you know, I block them right away. But it's not about me and what other Watford fans do in terms of that. Everyone's going to have a pop and everyone's going to criticize we, that's what we do as fans. And sometimes we criticize each other. And I said this weeks and months ago that it would serve this owner right if this happened. Not the fans. Not the fans. So that many times on Twitter spaces with the post match that I do is that it would serve the owner right. Not the fans. This is not pleasant for the fan base. Obviously, this is a very heart- disheartening, very cruel day for Watford fans everywhere around the world, everywhere to see that happen yesterday, a very cruel day yesterday. And that pain continues today. And it will until we start to look at how this squad is going to shape up in the off season. Now that the season in the championship is officially over, we can start to be thinking about that fully now. And of course, once the season ends in the Premier League, which it will do very shortly, we will then really begin to turn our attentions now to what the possibilities can be for Watford. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But what I want to focus on now is this owner. Now, I want to say one other thing. The owner has agreed to come to the meeting and the meeting now, and of course... The previous portion of the episode that you've been listening to was recorded on May the 20th. At that time, there was not an agreed date for the meeting. I had expected that it would be in July. That was what many people were saying. A number of people were saying the meeting, the fans meeting will take place on June the 15th. That's when the meeting will take place. That's a Thursday night and it will take place at the London Colney training ground. The London Colney Training Ground. And there are, if you go to the Watford Supporters Trust Twitter page, there are details on how to register. If you want to have to be part of that, be registered in a lottery or a raffle, I believe it is a lottery, to get in to be part of that meeting in person. There are instructions on the WFC Supporters Trust web page, or I should say their Twitter page. And uh, you'll see that there. So that's something that I should let you know of at the top for this fan meeting, which is June the 15th. That is a Thursday night, Thursday, June the 15th, 2023. That's in roughly what? Just about two weeks time, three to two and a half weeks time. I do want to focus for a few minutes on this owner. And the reason why I said serves you right Is because for the last couple of seasons, this owner has continued to do things that have not benefited the fabric of this club in some areas. The decisions that that get made, the sacking of coaches and head coaches, and with no seeming plan. And only a focus on the money now, of course. When you have a football club that's between 100 million and 200 million dollars or 200 million pounds in debt, potentially between 100 million to 200 million pounds in debt, you should be keeping an eye on the money. I am not expecting Gino Pozzo to not be concerned about that because he'd be foolish as would any other business owner, any other owner of a going concern would be to be neglecting. The realities of money. It's a business. I am not going to ever be disavowed of that notion. So, business is a very important factor here. However, it cannot be the only province. It's a major province and it must be focused on, but it cannot be the sole province. You have to have people at a club that are also concerned about its culture. And what the present state of affairs at Watford tells me at least is that this owner is in charge of all of those things. Now, he may have people in positions who are more directly hands-on. But ultimately, they report Back to him. And he is the final decider. He is the final answer. If you will. So it's going to be very clear to me. That he also has. First dibs. If you will. On the culture at this club. The culture and the tone. Of the way this club behaves. Is set at the top. From the owner down. It's not. It's not set from the bottom, it's not set from the fans, it's set from the people running the club. That is a reality that no one can ignore, nobody. And what is very clear to me is that over the last couple of seasons, the culture at Watford Football Club has deteriorated. It has depreciated. It has disintegrated. Those are the realities of the culture of this club. The relationship with the fan base is at one of the all-time lows. It's certainly right down there with a number of other Situations, Dave Bassett and Jack Petchy, and all the rest of that. But it's not about comparisons, it's about what is going on at this club. And yes, we can talk about the Graham, Taylor, and Elton John days, of course. You're never gonna have those exact same days again. But what we do not have at this club is the same kind of ethos and spirit. You can have a nice stadium, you can build a beautiful stadium, you can have a nice rookery and a nice Elton John stand, a nice Graham Taylor stand, and you can rename part of the Vicarage Road End the Ann Swanson stand. But that doesn't mean a damn thing if you are not upholding the tradition of Ann Swanson. doesn't mean a thing you can have a Sir Elton John stand, but it doesn't mean a thing if you aren't upholding the traditions of Elton John not a thing you can have a Graham Taylor stand at your ground, but it doesn't mean a damn thing if you are not upholding those types of traditions. That Graham Taylor set at this club. Doesn't mean a thing. What you are essentially saying. Is that everything now. Is in name only. In name only. But the substance. And the actual things that are going on in front of you are clearly very much opposite to what Ann Swanson stands for, to what Elton John stands for, to what Graham Taylor stood for. Like I said, you're never going to have exactly the same thing that you had back in the 1970s and 1980s. And that's not even something that I am necessarily advocating for because you can't replicate that. But what you can hold on to and what we must return to at Watford Football Club is a return to decency. A return to a culture of embracing everyone. A return to a culture of family. A return to a culture of respect. And this football club for the last couple of years, if not longer, certainly these last two seasons, have gone way the opposite direction from those kinds of things. They have gone 180 degrees away from respect, family, decency, and an atmosphere of welcoming everyone. On the surface, it's welcoming. On the surface, you are told that you are welcome at Vicarage Road. But what we saw this season was a direct spit in the face of a welcome mat for Watford supporters at their own stadium. During this, of all years, the 100th anniversary at Vicarage Road. And that is down to the people who run this club. And what we saw more of is hostility. Hostility from some of the people who are involved in the decision-making, hostility from some of the people in the communications division, hostility from the owner in his deafening silence, hostility from a number of places in the upper echelon reaches, the upper reaches of this club in the boardroom, Toward the fan base. Club officials allegedly or reportedly, as it was reported by Andrew French in the Watford Observer, telling some fans that free speech is not allowed inside Vicarage Road. Really? That's hostility. If that's true, if that statement as reported and quoted in the Watford Observer is true, that's the hostility I'm talking about. Watford supporters who pay their money to get into the ground, who spend money at this club, who are season ticket holders at this club, who buy merchandise at this club, who come from near and far at this club, and they are then being told, as quoted by Andrew French a few weeks back, That free speech is not allowed inside Vicarage Road? That's the kind of thing I'm talking about here. That is the culture of this club now. Is to clamp down on fan dissent, clamp down on disagreement, clamp down on people with banners that say "Potso out on them, and then start to divide the fan base against itself. That's the culture at the Vic now. And that's the culture that's created by a lot of those people who are running this club. That's what this is now. Fans are going to differ. Fans of Watford Football Club will disagree on things. No one is saying that they shouldn't. But one thing I think that the vast majority of us as Watford supporters can agree on is that the current culture at this club is toxic It is dangerous and it must go. It must completely go. I think that the vast majority of us as Watford supporters can agree on that. I think we can. Gino Pozzo sacked Rob Edwards in September of last year. And this model does not work anymore. I've been saying this now for a while. This model of sacking managers after 10 games, after seven games as it was with Cisco in the previous season when Watford were in the champ- in the Premier League, pardon me. This culture of sacking these managers is not working anymore. It's not working. Once upon a time, it actually did work to the benefit of this club. It no longer does. And when you see something that is no longer working, you have an obligation to do something different, i.e. stick with a manager. And all the while, in your haste to hire and fire managers, you have sacrificed the culture of this club, you have diminished the identity of this club, and you have now got Some people in the Watford fan base who are, yay, support the owner, yay, support the owner, no matter what. And some people, myself included, who will raise critical questions about this owner and will be willing to listen, but also will be advocating for other strategies and ideas that I think that we as Watford supporters have to start looking at, not just looking at them, doing them. And that's where we come in as Watford supporters right here. You should be passionate and emotional. I don't look at someone having feelings and passion and emotion as someone who is to be denigrated. And that word emotion and emotional in a culture, in a society is often used to denigrate people. And to suggest that somehow, well, they're not all rational thinkers because they're emotional. You can be both. You can be someone who is all measured and let's see what happens next. And you can also be very passionate and emotional about the team that you love. And you should be both. And being one does not mean that you are not the other. Being an a so-called Emotional person does not mean that you are not a rational thinker and being a rational thinker does not mean necessarily that you are not an emotional person. One does not preclude the other. It doesn't preclude the other. So I hear that with some fans. And. You really want to be careful about those kinds of things. I'm not going to characterize people's responses. If some people think that this owner is an owner who's doing great things these days, fine. I don't think these days, when it comes to the culture at this club, that the owner is doing great things. I don't think these days, when it comes to the relationship with the fan base, that this club and this owner... Are doing great things. Because we know that. This club has fallen well short. In that regard. These last two seasons. Case in point. When you have a Watford supporter talking about. How his dad is not allowed to bring a flask. Into Vicarage Road. It's a flask. Why isn't he allowed to bring that into Vicarage Road? It's just ridiculous. Someone who's elderly, a senior citizen, can't bring a flask in? Things like that. And these things are well documented. Fans have posted letters that they get from Watford and they have this hostile language in them. That is not what Watford Football Club is supposed to be. But that is what Watford Football Club presently is. No communication from the owner. And I just told you earlier that there will be a fan meeting. That's going to happen on June 15th. So we'll hopefully get something from him. It's going to be a controlled forum as you would expect these things to be. But here's what I would say to you now. We as Watford supporters have to have our strategy because it's all well and good to go to the fan meeting and I'm in big support of it it's all well and good for us to try to get our questions asked and answered I'm a big fan of that I think it's very important it's all well and good for us to have strategies in terms of constructive engagement and I believe in that strongly we must I also think that the fan base itself has to also independently be proactive. Not just react to what is being said at a fan meeting, but also to be proactive about where you want this club to be. Because what you will do in that regard is have the owner respond to you in that manner. And what I mean by that is that if you decide that During this off season and during the course of next season, you are not renewing your season ticket, you are not buying the new shirt that comes out or any of the Watford shirts that come out over the next few months, and that you decide that you are not going to the Vic at all next season. And if you tell your friends who are Watford supporters that no, I'm not doing this and you really shouldn't, and then that manifests itself into the kind of thing we saw at the end of the season that has just concluded, where there were lots of empty seats at the Vic. Trust me, this owner will start to respond to you. Because when money is threatened, and when economic interests are imperiled, especially at a club that is struggling right now financially, believe me, the owner will listen. The owner will have his antenna up. You will have got his attention. I think the fan form is needed. It's important. I thank the people who have put that together, who've worked hard behind the scenes to do that. I think the people who are doing that genuinely do want to see something different at this club. I am not questioning that. I am saying that in addition to that, we as Watford supporters have to make the decision now to affect change at this club in the way that we can, in a very powerful and profound way. And that is through economic withdrawal. Economic withdrawal. Now, there's other ways to do it. If you want to stand outside Vicarage Road and hold up signs, you're welcome to do that. And what we also need is for people to do that inside the ground. Inside the ground. And the fact that there have been fans ejected for holding up signs that say potso out is a joke. And that is also a part of the problem with the culture at this club now. As I said before, any dissenting voices get squashed. You would have thought that this was the 1930s. Seriously. I am not comparing anything between now and the horrible things that happened in the 1930s. I'm not comparing that. What I am comparing is the attitude that says, if you don't agree with how things are going, you need to go. You need to be ejected from a stadium. That's what I'm saying. It's that kind of mentality that is poisonous and dangerous and is a betrayal of the family club that is Watford FC. That is where I'm going with that. And as I've said before, if you have two nine-year-olds holding up a sign that says Potso out, are you going to eject them from Vicarage Road? I mean, is that what it's coming to now? And how many of us are going to sit by and continue to allow that to happen? I think at some point we have to look ourselves in the mirror as fans. And look, if you as a Watford fan are going to buy the merchandise... Good for you. I'm not going to criticize someone who wants to buy the merchandise. If you're a Watford fan listening to this now, and you go to the store, the Hornet shop online or in the store, and you buy the merchandise, that's your decision to make. But as long as this club... And its culture have deteriorated to the point that it is presently at. As long as this club and its culture and its identity have been disintegrated and decimated. I'm not spending another single penny at Watford. I would love to give away shirts as I have been doing the last two seasons. I'd love to do that. But I'm not going to buy any more shirts. Until we see a change in culture at this club. That is something that the owner has some control over, but we do as well. Because if you don't show up at these games, if you don't renew your season ticket, and if you decide, no, I'm not buying any merchandise, trust me, the owner is going to listen to that. Now, he can answer questions at a fan form, and then he can decide whether or not to implement some of the suggestions that we provide. But one thing that we have lots of control over is whether to purchase any merchandise at this club. We have control over that, you and I, as Watford supporters. We have control over that. We have control over whether or not we renew the season tickets or not. We have control over that. I'm not saying don't ever watch a Watford game. I'm not even saying don't, go on hive live. If you want to spend the money to do hive live, fine. I've done hive live. But hive live needs to clean up its act. It's a disgrace. And I would like, as I said before, to hear a new voice on hive live doing the analysis. I would really like to see that. I would like to see Helen Ward get that spot. And if it's not if it's not Helen Ward, then someone else. Who is well respected at this club. Whether it's Troy Deeney or whomever. You know. Helen Ward, Troy Deeney or someone else. Should have that spot alongside John Marks. Now John Marks does a good job. We all know that. As the commentator. But I would like to see someone sitting next to him. Give a fresh perspective. Someone new. Someone that we respect. Like a Helen Ward. Like a Troy Deeney. Someone of that ilk. That's what I would like to see. Or have a series of rotating commentary people. Rotating analysts. Rotate them. Keep it fresh. Because I think that that needs to happen at this club. So if people are going to buy merchandise, Fine. And people shouldn't be upset that they're going to be Watford fans who do that. That's their prerogative. What I'm saying is is that if you want change at this club, we are going to have to do that economically. We're going to have to. It's the only language that the owner will understand. That is an international language. If you're in business, that is an international language. Your profit margin. That's an international language. Your debt. That's an international language. Declining revenue. That's an international language. And it will be up to Watford supporters to decide that. Watford supporters are going to have to be the ones engineering this change. Because I will definitely give Gino Pozzo a hearing, I will definitely listen, I will ask questions, I will raise questions, I have a lot of different suggestions for what can be done at this club, to improve it, to change the culture, all of those things. I've had those suggestions for at least a couple of years now. But ultimately, change is not going to come until the Watford supporters stop patronizing a club whose culture is toxic, whose culture is not welcoming, and who has made it a lot harder for a lot of Watford supporters to even follow the team now. I mean, when I say a lot harder, I'm talking about watching this team because the identity of this men's team is gone. The identity and the culture on the pitch has gone. The only team that has the identity of winners and a family is the Watford women's team that I talked about in the pre-recorded portion of this episode. And these Watford men, as I've said on a number of occasions in the past, can learn a lot from what the women's team has accomplished this season. Delighted about what they've done. And as I've said before, this club in certain areas has been terrific. The services, the facilities for people who have autism, people who are struggling with other types of things, having disabilities that are life altering and changing. The club has done very well there and it continues to. But this club cannot rest on its laurels. And this club has sacrificed a lot of other things in the name of trying to keep it afloat financially. I happen to believe that the financial condition of this club is very serious and it's in very dire shape, I think. I I also happen to know, because of observation, not because someone told me, that the culture of this club has changed profoundly. And not only that, it's changed profoundly for the worse. Not the better, the worse. And when no one's looking at doing something about that, the fan base should be not just vocal about that, but also economically vocal about it. Because one meeting is not going to change everything. It's an important start and we should have regular meetings. I also think you can do more than one thing. I have never been an advocate of only one solution. There are multiple solutions. We can offer constructive engagement. We can have a plan for improving the club. This is as much our responsibility as it is the owners, quite frankly. And our responsibility is to do the things economically that will send a powerful message to this owner. You have to change the culture of this club. And if you're not going to do it, we will do it. And we will stop purchasing the merchandise. And that's what Watford supporters have to look at. And as I said, after a while, people can talk about Gino out and I want him out and I want him out. But after a while, if you continue to say that and then you continue to buy merchandise, you are enabling this owner to continue to do what he's doing that that is not in the best interest of this club. That doesn't mean you don't support the club. That doesn't mean you don't support the men's and the women's players. Supporting the club doesn't mean you have to support the owner when the owner is doing things that are injurious to the culture of this club and that are not in the best interests of this club. People have to realize that you can separate those two things out. And we have to ask ourselves at some point, how much are we as Watford supporters actually enabling Some of the things that this owner continues to do with our continued purchase of merchandise. How much are we contributing to that situation? That's all I'm asking. It's a completely fair question. Now, all that is left for us to do is to answer it. I'm not congratulating Rob Edwards on anything. No, he's a good person. He's a decent person. And the culture that he was trying to build at this club was the very thing that this owner destroyed when he sacked Rob Edwards last September. So that tells you how much That the owner cares about culture at Watford. If he's sacking after 11 games. 10 of them championship games. The very manager. Who was brought in. To help change the culture of the club. Tells you all you need to know. About the owner. Who hasn't said a word all season long. Except for maybe some program notes. Once. At the start of a season. Or midway through it. Whenever. We shall see how this fan meeting goes next month, June the 15th. Don't forget to get to the Watford FC Supporters Trust Twitter page. There will be some instructions that you should see there about how to register or get involved in the raffle to be involved at that meeting in person at London Colney Training Ground there up in Hertfordshire. So don't forget that if you want to be a part of that, please get involved in it. Get involved. Get involved. June the 15th. That's a Thursday. Meanwhile, the rest of this off season is going to be a very interesting one, as I've alluded to. And now, this owner, who has now seen the manager he sacked, get promoted with the arch rival to this club. I don't think we'll learn any lessons from it. I don't think he will. I can, I'm convinced of that. He doesn't care about what that is. And look, it's not his club. But I don't think he's going to reflect at all about the fact that Rob Edwards was sacked after 10 games by him, 10 championship games by him, and has now gone on to be a Premier League manager. I don't think he's going to reflect on that at all. I just don't see it. But it's so much more than just what's going on on the pitch with the men's team. There needs to be a culture of respect at this club. Respect for the Watford fan base because the fan base has been jilted at the altar. And the fans are the most important thing at this club. They really are. Obviously, the bottom line is as well, but the fan base... Is the most important thing, and the people running Watford Football Club now have have seem to have forgotten that. Seem to have forgotten it. We don't know what the plan is. There's no announcement of what the plan is at Watford for the next two or three seasons. No plan at all. No announcement of it. There might be a plan, but it's all hush hush. Why are you keeping that from the fans? I'm not saying you have to disclose every single thing, but why are we getting nothing? And I get it. That's where the fan meeting comes in. But this owner has got to do better. He's not going anywhere, but we have a choice to go somewhere with our dollars, meaning with our pounds, with whatever currency we use to purchase things from Watford's Hornet shop. We can have, we can, we should make that choice. We can make the choice not to do that anymore. That can be a plan for us, among other plans, that are constructive. That's a constructive thing. If you want to send the owner the message, the best way to do that is through economic withdrawal. Verbal protests. He has shown you that he doesn't respect your verbal protest or your peaceful protest. He has shown you that by removing banners of the VIC, This owner has shown you that he doesn't respect your voice as a fan. When he's ejecting fans, when he's getting his stewards or whomever it is, the security folks to remove you from the stadium at the Vic for for putting up a banner that says, potso out. He's showing you that he doesn't respect you and he doesn't respect your voice. Well, I guarantee you, he will respect your voice when you stop purchasing merchandise. When you stop renewing season tickets, he will respect your voice then. And he will have to change. Or he will then leave. If you want Gino Pozzo to leave, then one of the ways you might affect that is when you stop purchasing merchandise and stop renewing season tickets... That is an example of burning down the village to save it. You're not being negative. You're not being disloyal. You are doing what is in the best interest of this football club. That's what you're doing. Because it will take that kind of commitment from Watford Football Club supporters... In order to get the change in culture, the change in identity, the change in the fan relations that are an all-time low at this club, for this to happen, that's what's going to take. It's going to take those kinds of measures. The question becomes, how many of you, as Watford Football Club supporters, are going to do that? Follow on Uorn's WFC on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, on YouTube, Uorn's WFC. There'll be lots more to come on the YouTube channel. And please keep your eyes open and spread the word as well. Download this podcast episode, won't you please? And spread the word about the Uorn's podcast available on Apple on numerous other podcasting platforms, including Spotify and many others, Google, among others. Lots more, of course, in what will be a busy, busy off-season. I do hope that you have a terrific summer. There'll be more from you in the coming days and weeks. But until next time, Omar Moore here, saying thank you very much for all of your listenership this season and your commitment and for your voice on Twitter spaces and on yours extra on Instagram live and all of you, please have a very safe summer, a happy, a happier summer and a productive summer. And of course a relaxing and peaceful summer as well. Obviously may the sun shine on you and congratulations once again to the golden girls, all the very best as well to Valerian Ishmael and let's see what happens during the rest of this off season with Ben Manga, Helena Costa and company. All the best of luck to them as well. Thank you Watford fans for listening. Take care of yourselves and until next time, ye- Christiana Giuretta has given a three-year deal. It's yeah, just amazing. Adam Leventhal of The Athletic reported on Saturday that Christiana Giuretta has been given a new three-year deal as the Watford FC sporting director. This is the person who some of the Watford players and then-manager Rob Edwards wanted away from the training ground. What on earth is this owner doing?